0: Greetings and salutations to you all. This is DD Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Twilight Tonic, I have a very interesting guest that I've been really looking forward to interviewing. Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and having visitors come to you and these experiences weren't so good? Well, my next guest has a whole tale to tell you and I guarantee you're going to want this book after this. Tonight I have Karen Wilkinson, She's going to share a chronicles of her life experiences and provide you insights and motivations for extraterrestrial beings. How are you, Karen?
1: I'm great, Dee. Thank you so much for having me on. And how are you?
0: I'm wonderful. And we're going to talk about your life experiences in your amazing book, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. It's a true account of lifetime alien abduction in Evil Alien Agenda. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Being a lifetime experiencer, I, I have a question for you. Sure. How hard was this book for you to write?
1: Oh, you know, <laughs> that is a really good question. It was a roller coaster of emotions. It was very difficult to allow myself to relive some of these memories. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was cathartic because I was also able to work through some more things and I didn't share every experience and I didn't share every detail because I didn't want it to be too triggering for some people and I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be too scary either. So I made sure that I peppered in a lot of good things and positive things and happy things that have happened, you know, uh, uh, along with the experiences, the lifelong experiences of being abducted which were not good you know those were not happy experiences but um yeah it was a very cathartic experience um it was definitely a lot of emotion um but there was something something good about writing it down Mm -hmm. and letting it out that I never expected to be so
0: freeing so it actually this process has done a lot of healing for you
1: It really has. It has done a lot of healing for me and it's helped me to reach other people who have had similar, almost identical experiences who just wanted to know that they weren't alone, Mm -hmm. that there was Mm -hmm. someone else they could reach out to, maybe share their experiences or talk a little bit or just, you know, know that there was someone else who had had similar things happen. And and they also could learn how I stopped it from happening to me and how they could, you know, do that for themselves as well.
0: Right. Now, with all of this in the inspiration for you to write it, I'm just going to assume mm-hmm. off the top of my head, it was to help other people come Absolutely. to terms and to be able to express themselves because you hear so much. I mean, I hear so many different stories coming from all these certain angles. Yes. And yes. the closest thing to to your book, I thought, like with the factor of taking that breath and going, whoa, was some of Whitley's books. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, wow, I can tell you those books made me step back. Go, now, I oh. have not
1: read those books. I have to tell you, I have not read... I've only ever read one uh, book mm-hmm. like that, and that was only recently when um, my publisher asked me to after I had written right. my book, um, because it was so triggering for me, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't read those. I've tried to read a book by Dr. David Jacobs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just—I wasn't ready. Um, now I'm finding I can do that now, but. Before I wrote this book, I couldn't read any of the other ones. It was just, it was too much, too real, too scary because I lived it. And it was like reliving it when someone else was telling that story. And
0: sometimes that's
1: thats really difficult.
0: Now, do you think because of your experience, do you think they run in family bloodlines? I
1: do. I do. And I think that happens for several reasons. Um, I think that there are certain blood types, certain genetic types that these entities are looking for. And I'll back up a little bit. So I was taken from as early as I can remember by non-human alien entities. And there are different types and different kinds involved in in these abduction experiences, which were were not kind, they were not benevolent. These were not good, happy experiences. These were scary. They were terrifying and invasive. Um but I, yeah. they let me know early on that, you know, I was special and important for who and what I was, meaning, you know, my genetic material, um, mm-hmm. that that was important to them. I believe it runs in families because these entities clearly are far more advanced than we are. They appear to live far longer than we do. And once they find genetic material that they can work with, they're going to continue dipping into that family bloodline to get that genetic material. And some of it does have everything to do with specific bloodlines that go back possibly, you know, thousands of years. But mm-hmm. that is one reason why they'll continue on with a family because they'll they'll be possibly a sibling or a cousin or somebody else who's going to have that, you know, child or grandchild and so on, who will have a similar enough DNA to the original abductee, that they'll be able to continue using that. Um, and another reason I believe it runs in family is is generational curses. Um, things like Vicki Joy Anderson talks writes about quite a bit in her book, mm-hmm. They Only Come Out at Night, who well, I know you've spoken with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there oh, are generational – I love her too. She's one of the best people in the world, and I highly – Highly encourage and recommend anyone to get her book. It's available on the same website where you can find mine. So you can find them pr- pretty much side by side on that, on net. But um, yeah, there are, you know, there are generational things where someone in that family has given permission for the family members to be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and or there are generational curses and things like that. So that's another reason things can run in families. and And it's our responsibility to break those bonds, to break those ties, those agreements, those curses. And and again, I always defer to Vicki for those things because she is the expert in that field and and uh, I am not. But um, that is why I believe it runs in families.
0: Yeah. Now, it's interesting because sleep paralysis is one of the things that abductees often suffer from. Is that something you suffered from also, Karen? Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. Yes, that was very, very common. Um, Quite often I would wake up and there would be one or two, sometimes more, usually two or more. I don't ever remember just seeing one, but at least two or more entities in my room in a corner or at the foot of the bed or beside the bed or just outside the window. And as soon as I noticed them, the sleep paralysis would just hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think they even wanted me to notice them, quite honestly. But, you know, I was just so in tune to the feeling, the change that would come. On, and I could just feel a change when they right. were around. I could feel it. It was visceral. And I could, some of them just did not smell very good. And so a lot of times, quite often, I could smell them. You know, they these grays, the, the commonly seen Grays with the bulbous heads and this black screen, kind of vacuous eyes, really kind of scrawny, frail looking, and shorter, about four feet tall. They generally do not smell good. Sort of a cross between a dead animal and urine and Mm -hmm. sulfur. And it's just, it's a hard smell to describe. And some of them smell worse than others because there were some I really never even noticed much of a smell at all. So, um, but yeah, it. um, they, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> it's almost like they hit, hit you with a dart gun. I know that sounds yes. weird, but no, oh, she's awake. Yeah. So now we have to yeah. tranquilize exactly.
1: her. Right. She's awake. Keep her from moving. Cause I would definitely have tried to run away if I could have, you know,
0: I'm mm-hmm. not going to
1: stick around for that. I knew it was coming and that's the point at which I might pee the bed or, you know, try to yell out or scream or run away or do something so at that point the sleep paralysis was an important part of their process to to take me and it's terrifying for anyone else who's experienced it because you just you can't move
0: you can't do anything right in your you're essentially awake mm-hmm. even though it feels wide like awake. a dreamlike state state you're right. still awake
1: yeah for me it
0: was just wide awake but
1: Feeling like I was being held down, you know, like something really heavy was just evenly distributed across my whole body. I could breathe and I could see and I could hear, but I couldn't move you know? mm. and I couldn't I wasn't in control of anything else. you know. And and, um, and usually after that, that's when they would kind of switch me off. Like I would just I would couldn't fight it. I would fall asleep and the sleep. There was nothing I could do to fight that. Um, and and that's how many of the abductions would begin and then at some point I would wake up mm-hmm. um, on a metal table being examined being you know having needles or strange machines like, like x-ray machines or being you know physically examined and, and it was all very scary and invasive and intrusive um, and a lot of times when I wake up in the middle of One of these examinations, you know, if I wasn't if I was being combative or anything at all, they just immediately put me straight back out. It was Mm -hmm. like being under anesthesia almost when they they just had this ability to immediately shut shut me
0: down. Wow. Now, did they ever talk to you or was it all done telepathically?
1: It was all done telepathically with these entities. Um, There was no physical speaking the the shorter smaller grays the ones that would always show up to get me um they didn't even have mouths that looked like good open that could move but on the when i was taken when i would get to where they were taking me whether it was on a ship or underground facility or wherever it was taken there were these different grays that looked taller and looked older than those little grays. They were definitely taller. They were more robust. And mm-hmm. their faces had expression. Like, you know, they would crinkle their nose. They'd have more wrinkly on their faces. And they had mouths that opened. Um, but they never spoke to me with those mouths. They always did like a telepathy or speaking to my mind kind of thing. And it was, but it seemed very natural and normal around them to speak that way, too. It didn't right. seem unusual. It was very easy
0: were they were they kind in any way i mean did they come across as kind or were they just no. very scientific
1: yeah they were very cold uh-huh. and very deliberate you know as a small child if you go to a doctor's office They're going to tell you, okay, now we're going to do this or we're going to do that. You know, we're going to take your temperature or we're going to draw your blood or we're going to give you a shot or we're going to listen to your heart or whatever, you know, very careful the way you would with a child, you know, there was none of that, you know, it was just be quiet, be still, you know, we're not here to hurt you. We just, you know, whatever they would say at the time, you know, and, um, They, they didn't care that I was upset. They didn't care that I didn't want to be there. It wasn't, you know, up to me. It was what they wanted. And so I was taken against my will. I didn't want to leave my bedroom. I was just a little tiny kid, you know? Um, So nothing about it was kind. It was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Wow. Did you, um, gosh, that's a lot. That's a lot
0: for a child. (laughs)
1: It is, you know, there was a a time when I was um, about five or six years old, probably six years old, when they found me huddled in the corner of a bathroom stall at school. And um, I just had, I had it, you know, Um, the, one of the, the principal, the, one of the entities that was taking me would take that form. And so I saw my principal and it freaked me out. And I just I kind of had a little breakdown and um, they had to call my mom to come get me. And I tried to explain what was happening, you know, but we didn't have words for it then. You know, right. so I can't say today we there's so much more information. Even the government is telling us about them now. But yeah, then I yeah, don't know are. what they were. Yeah, yeah. They're, trying, well, they're telling us a little bit. Right. And But I didn't know what they were. They were mm. just these the Ones that came to get me and the ones that hurt me and the ones that were t- looking at me and touching me and doing things to me. And and she took me to the doctor, and you know, he said it was probably just kids messing around and that there's nothing physically wrong with me and I would be fine and I would forget, you know. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: <laughs> you don't you know, forget she that, did stuff. A good,
1: yeah, she did what a good parent would do, but. I couldn't explain it. And even if I could, well were they going to believe me? You know? Um, yeah. So, and you know, it's not the kind of thing you ever forget. And, and I remembered so much of it. You know, I, I, they're just, you know, a lot of people don't say, oh, I wish I could remember all of that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it, it's a lot to deal with. And especially as a little kid. And I just had to figure out how to disassociate Right. What was happening. And I, so I learned how to just go somewhere else in my mind. And then my, you know, separate that from my life. But, you know, I was, I wasn't a really present child. I was probably often my, you know, just trying to deal with things all the time. I think I had way too much on my mind.
0: Trying to five, escape. Six, seven, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. exactly. Do you think they have some kind of agenda?
1: Yes, I really do. I think there's I think there's a lot going on here that um, I think one of them, the primary one of the primary agendas is to get everyone thinking that these are benevolent space brothers, our ancestral cedars, that they're, you know, Mm -hmm. here to help and do good. But I just can't, you know. From my, and I'm not disparaging anyone else's thoughts or feelings on this. Sure. Everyone's entitled to feel and think how they want about it. So so please don't get me wrong. But for me, it was not benevolent. It was not kind. You know, I don't think that kidnapping little children, raping young women, stealing fetuses, um, you know, taking people against their will and cattle, the animals, the cattle that get mutilated. Right. Yeah. Under blood. I just don't find any of that benevolent behavior. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to share information or help us and help us or help us to grow or be better people, then they would could certainly, if they're so smart and so advanced, which they are, then they would certainly be able to find a a more agreeable way to share information and sit down and meet with us and speak with us yeah, Um, and not kidnapping little kids. That just, if I kidnap, if someone else kidnapped one of my kids, they'd go to jail. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) They'd have to get through me first, but you know, (laughs) you know, it's a, if someone tried to come after one of my, my fur babies or, or one of my human babies, that's, that's not gonna, yeah, that's
0: that's not okay. You know, I also find it interesting. Now, I don't know if this is something you had experienced. I've talked to others that when they have animals, the animals never wake up. The people next to them never wake up.
1: Yeah, um, that is a good point. Yeah, the animals, the, um, I did notice my cats would never come into, when this was like definitely in, in, in. Uh, when, when there was more activity going on and it's going to happen, they wouldn't come into the bedroom and to know me, the cats that I have now and the ones that I've always had in the past, they always want to be all over me. You know, they're fighting right. for who's going to, if I sit down, someone's fighting to get on my lap. Um, you know, if I go to bed, they're all on there and fighting to see who's going to get closest up to my pillow. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, when things are not right, they won't even come near that room. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting that you say that. And then, yeah, like my husband, I've had instances where I've woken up and something's was happening and I couldn't rouse him. And he's very easy to wake up, you know, But mm-hmm. I hit him and yell and he won't even move. You know, and then once I get rid of them and, you know, I call on Jesus, that works for me every time because he is the authority, not me. And um, as soon as they're gone, he'll sit straight up and be like, what? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> now you wake up. Thank you. He's like, yeah, "Don't do so, that." <laughs> right. So they clearly have the ability. Right, exactly. They clearly have the ability to control anyone and anything around you, so that they can get to you when they want to, and and that's
0: you know, and that's terrifying. Yeah. That that is absolutely horrible. Just even think about what do you think their connection is with us? Do we have a connection or did they just decide to make a connection?
1: Right. Yeah. I think that the connection, you know, is that, um, they're not our, I do not believe that they are our ancestral cedars. What I believe them to be, and this might sound a little out there, but I believe that they are fallen angelic beings Just like the Watchers of Genesis 6, just like in the ancient books of Enoch and Jasher, in ancient texts and scrolls, in all different areas of the world, different continents. These things are portrayed with different names, but it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. These are beings that were created before God created man. Um, Some people call them angels, you know, and and. The um, Christian Bible tells us that Satan fell and a third of the angels fell with him. And we know that um, in Genesis 6, it says that the sons of God, who are the watchers, who are the angelic beings, um, saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and decided to take of them wives of all whom they chose. Um, and they bore children to them, and these were the Nephilim, the mighty men of old. Mm -hmm. um the giants of old and and that's going on today but our our connection with them is goes back into you know to the time of that god created man because they were there in the garden when when the nakash is in the garden of eden and and tempts adam and eve and um And that sets up the seed war when, you know, God is in the midst of them there when that happens. And he says to Satan, he says, you know, your seed will be at enmity with the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman is talking about Jesus, about the Savior, and that he will bruise, you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. So right there, that sets up a seed war because Satan knows he's got to stop that child from being born. And that's when it started. And it goes all through time. And when they didn't do that, but think about the days of Noah. Uh
0: um, Yeah, the flood. The
1: flood. Mm -hmm. That was just, there was no, the whole world was corrupt. There was no, they were all corrupt and the bloodlines were all corrupt. And there was only one who was perfect in his generations, which means that his bloodline was was perfect. Mm -hmm. And that was Noah. And that's why he was, he and his family were the ones that were were saved and they were responsible for restarting, basically. Um, and I think a lot of things changed after the flood. And I write quite a, a little bit about that in my book right. as well, um, just because there's a lot of really interesting stuff there that 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 makes sense and it kind of pulls all of this together. That they're still doing the same thing because if they can, if they can pull people away from truth, if they can make people think that they're they're good, they're benevolent space brothers, and and, you know, if they can corrupt the bloodlines again and do a thing, they're, they're able to infiltrate and get things back to the way
0: that it was in the days of Noah,
1: right. where the world was doing evil all the time.
0: Yeah. I read something interesting. I forget where I read this, that there is also a theory that there were more than one kind of Noah, that there were a few of that bloodline that survived right. the flood which would make sense if it was mm-hmm. all about genetics there would have to be more than one family
1: yeah that's really interesting and i wish i knew more about that but i don't so um but i that i find that really interesting i do and, too and we'll have to talk about that more um offline because i want to know more about that <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah there's just so much interesting you know and i think that a big part of it is you know if they can get people from following the truth get people because that seed war that started then mm-hmm. that was then it becomes this tug of war where satan won satan fell because he wanted to be god and so everything he does is counterfeit it's a counterfeit kingdom so he's trying to create counterfeit beings so his creations the nephilim are counterfeit they're not a real thing they're not human and and the book of enoch says that you know, when the Nephilim were killed because they were neither angelic beings nor right. human or both, that they, they're the spirits of those deceased Nephilim are the demons that we know today. Yeah.
0: I remember talking to Vicki about that. Yeah.
1: So, and that's where the gray alien entities come in. And this is where they connect back into, to that because I believe that the grays look kind of shorter bulbous head about four foot tall type grays that most people report seeing the kinds mm-hmm. that show up in a bedroom or outside a window or you know outside your car and different places where i've had experiences and it's different for everyone out everyone but um these i believe are biological suits that are created by these fallen entities um and to create a biological suit a skin suit we can create skin in the lab they can with the right cells to start can create almost anything in a lab i have seen these suits empty other authors uh like we were talking about earlier that some of the authors you mentioned have written about seeing these suits hanging up or stacked in drawers or you know hanging or um stacked in corners or what have you and i've seen them empty as well and a lot of abductees i've spoken with have also seen these suits empty and i believe they make these suits to house these demons because a demon needs a body to inhabit. Like when Jesus um, cast the demons out of the people, they were happy to go into the pigs because they just wanted to be in something, right? They're Mm -hmm. happier. They have something to inhabit. Now these, these gray suits, the mouths don't open. They're very frail. So that kind of keeps the demons from damaging the humans that they're sending them to get. And they're also not, at the same level as their these um as their the tall yeah as the um as the fallen beings the alien beings so so they're subservient to them so they're going to carry out whatever they're told to do to be able to have this skin suit to live in so to speak um and they do they are evil i mean for anyone who's experienced one um they you just feel the evil come off of them but you know they're they're so frail and 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 I th- think another benefit to that is that if one of these ships crashes and one of those gray entities is on that ship, uh-huh. then what is the government who overruns to get the ship first going to have? An empty gray skin suit. And the latest reports that I heard came out said they didn't have any limbic system or any digestive system. So that hmm. oh, everything that I've heard is proving what I've been writing all these years about them, that, you know, they're just there's something else. And there are greys that aren't like that, but I think they send those to get people because it keeps keeps these alien entities safe. You know, they're just kind of right. like a worker bee, like an avatar. I'm pretty sure they could run them with something like AI, or they could probably even put an actual alien entity in a grey suit if they wanted and use that like a suit. But, but for the most part, I think they're they're inhabited by something. And used for for their work, and so that's how. I'm sorry, that was probably a really
0: long answer. It, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it kind of, but that I think is kind of needs
0: a that. long answer. Actually, I mean it's it it's does. so interesting because you know, according to a lot of people, they see him in the corner of the room, they see him in the window, and they don't even know what in the world they see him walking down the hall. They see him peek around the corner, coming out of closets, walking through walls. I mean, yeah, that and is amazing technology.
1: Yeah, they're dealing with future physics, as uh, Dr. David Jacobs uh, wrote. Um, yeah. He calls it future physics. And they are because these beings are far more advanced than us. They are dealing and living in different realms than we do, but they can appear in a corporeal, you know, fleshly form. They can appear in a spiritual form. Um, so there's different, you know, we just, we're not equipped to even mess with these things. No, yeah. They're so far advanced of us um and that's why in the book too i you know i really try to explain where i think they come from and it it's not just these are my abduction experiences the end you know it's right. it's a it's a journey of who and what they are what happened in my experiences which are pretty crazy and then are in, and then how i was able to end it and then in some some possible scenarios that i think might might happen in the future
0: Now, when in the book, I know you had something called a handler, something that was close to you. Do they always tend to do that? I know from people I've talked to, they always show you a person that you trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, I've talked to a lot of people, especially women who had, uh, I call it a handler because I just can't think of a better name for it. And it's a person, a thing, an entity that was with me for it was the same entity that was always with me for my whole life that at my lifetime of abductions he didn't have a name but he we had it was like an imprint mm-hmm. so it wasn't a name like how we use a physical name but he was a at a very specific there's it a it's so hard to describe because we don't we don't see each other that way but i think in a spiritual right. realm we mm-hmm. will so I knew we, we had a knowing and knew who he was. He was very specific, you know, it's like a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, I always, you know, never called him by name (laughs) because it was just who he was. Um, and, um, I believe the first I think the first, and I, there could have been something before this, but the first, um, he first appeared looking like my um, elementary school principal. Mm-hmm. And then I got so freaked out when I saw my elementary school you know, principal at school <laughs> that they didn't, they're, okay, that's not going to work because it wasn't someone I knew well enough to trust. And I think they didn't realize that. So um, the next, then he appeared as this uh, very tall, very, Um, strong, rugged, um, military-looking, square-jawed man. And that's who he appeared as for the rest of my life that I was being taken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I got very close to him. Um, He, for lack of a better word, he raped me. He was involved in them utilizing me to um, threaten the humans that were working there, because when they, I was taken, there were humans. It wasn't just alien entities; these right. you know, non-human entities. There were humans working there too. But I don't think these humans understood what they were getting into. I'm not making excuses for them because I don't know them, but I can tell by the way things were going, and the way they utilized me to say, "You don't want this to happen to your right. wife, your girlfriend, your you know family members, your children. So don't talk about this." You know, where they military? don't say a word. And, um it's hard to say because some of them had lab coats some of them were in like these really benign smock type tops and pants and things wow. and some some looked like military but um not like a specific branch of the service you know like right. uh, just very basic kind of camo and stuff like that so And some of them were just like black, almost like black, but not camouflage, but like black outfits. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. um, And uh, so there were people there. Um, But uh, yeah, my handler, I kind of developed a Stockholm syndrome type relationship with him over the years. It's just just so many years of it, you know, and your your brain, I think just, you kind of give into things sometimes just to allow yourself not to completely fold and just completely lose it. So um and he showed me his true form because I wanted to see it and um he was a reptilian.
0: Oh. Um
1: yeah and I did not find him un disgusting or anything. You know, I thought he was beautiful. He was mm-hmm. listening. And I describe him in the book as well as I can so that to help people understand because he was beautiful. I mean his was his, his he was like had these opalescent. Kind of scales, almost on him. It was hard to describe, but but you know he was grooming me my whole life. I was being groomed and trafficked and utilized by them, like mm-hmm. like a breeding stock, you know, um, like an animal used in an experimental lab, you know, yeah. like a lab rat, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know. So you know, I don't think they didn't see me as anything more than just a body that they could use for their own purposes. They didn't see me as a person with feelings. And and that was unfortunate.
0: So with all of this going on, have you ever seen any of your children through that? Yes and how did that affect you and (laughs) did they have any emotion you know that's the other thing i'm always very curious about
1: oh yeah that's a really good question so there's one incident where i was taken and um i'm taken and we're walking down a hallway and i am back in this underground facility that i'm seem to go, it always feels, they seem like the same, a similar one or the same one. I can't say that for sure because they're huge. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm walking down this hallway and this particular hallway is lined on either side with what looks like aquariums in a fish shop. But in those tanks are fetuses. And on either side of the hall on both ends and on both sides are doorways. Mm -hmm. And they open a doorway and I go in and it's about the size of a large closet. It's a very stark room. There's like two chairs in there and there's a big window um, on the one side of it that faces out like an observation window. Um, And this gray, the taller grays hands me a baby, a little tiny purplish red baby. And I, and it was, it felt like holding a brick. It wouldn't cuddle into me. It wouldn't respond to me you know it Mm -hmm. it didn't look right it was a lie but it wouldn't you know my I've had babies and they just cuddle right into me and just respond to me and you know but it didn't even nothing and and its head was very large its eyes were very large um and its color was just so weird and um I was getting very upset that I couldn't get this baby to respond and you know they kept telling me it was my baby and it was a good baby and all this stuff and mm. and I'm like well I want to take it home then and they're like no you can't take your baby home and I'm like no I want my baby I'm taking my baby home if this is my baby I'm taking it you know if that's the case then I want to fix it you know I'm just <laughs> I wanted to cuddle <laughs> Yes, I'm going to take it home until lunch to cuddle. Uh, no, but they were not having that. And I got compa- combative about that and um, was quickly switched off and sent home. And that was the end of that. Um, and I, I really wanted to meet. I knew I had these children. Um, I had these missing pregnancies where I have a pregnancy confirmed. I've been to the doctor. It wasn't unusual that I would get pregnant. I was married at the time. And then about three months in, something would feel weird, but I haven't lost anything. Nothing has come out of my body. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll go into the hospital and there's no baby. There's no fetal tissue when they do a DNC. Nothing. And and you know, I get a lot of black for that story. I'm like, look, it's you know, then mm-hmm. it's not like they were all on the same computer system and they could just contact my doctor. Right. And I said to them, you can hear this is the name of BGYN. You can contact her. She'll confirm that I was pregnant. Why isn't there a baby? And they're like, oh, well, you probably just lost it and didn't realize it. How do you lose a baby and not realize it? Right. Something has to come out of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make sense. And and so that happened a couple of times to the point that You know, finally, I'm just like, I'm just going to get my tubes tied. I don't want to do this anymore. That didn't stop it either. Um, But I knew I had these babies, and I knew that they, if they were out there somewhere, I wanted to see them because I thought they had to be half good because they were half me. And I prayed about it, and I really felt God telling me, "No, that's not the case. No, you're not meant to see these babies." And I really wanted to see these babies. And one night, I woke up. And there were three children, what looked like children, standing beside my bed. And I called one of my kids' names out. And I said, hey, so-and-so, what's wrong? What are you doing? And thinking it was one of my current children. And as I my eyes focused, because the room was dark and it was super dark where they were standing, like darker than it was in the rest of the room, which is weird. Um, I realized it wasn't my children. But they looked like they could be my children. There, was, mm-hmm. there were things that were familiar and similar. You know what I mean? Right. If you line all my kids up and they don't all have the same dad, but you can see the similarities and see how they look like me. Um, I knew they were mine. And I was like, I was very excited that that was them. But they were not excited to see me. They gave off an air of hate and disdain. And there was no love no love whatsoever. I mean, I wanted to jump up and hold them right. and be like, okay, that's you. But immediately, I mean, they were just, it was like, they wanted to kill me. Um, immediately, as soon as I started to try to get up, I got slammed with the, uh, paralysis, you know, and I wasn't feeling like I was asleep. I was wide awake, but I couldn't move. Um, I, I had already tried to wake my husband up before they hit me with a paralysis and he wouldn't, he wasn't moving. Mm -hmm. Um, and they tried to levitate me off the bed and they wanted me to come with them. And I said, no, I'm not coming with you. You know, now I'm talking to them in my head because I got the paralysis, but I'm wide awake and I'm like, no, I'm not coming with you. You know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they're just anger. And they're just like, you had to come with us. And I'm like, no, I'm not coming with you. And at this point, I'd already stopped the abductions. So I think maybe this was like one of those last ditch efforts try to get right. me to go back. And I called on Jesus' name. And the second I did that, you know, in my head, they, yeah. they were gone. And my husband shot up in bed and was like, what? You know, and. <sighs> why didn't you, why didn't you wake up? And I always act like I'm surprised that he doesn't wake up. Right? (laughs) He couldn't. (laughs) But I'm always surprised somehow that he's not waking up. I'm like, why didn't you get up? Oh my God, did you see them? Did you see them? They were here, you know, and then I told him, you know, what happened. And it was just, but you know what, for, they, so for me, it was closure. Right. Because I realized this is my opinion, but I did not feel like these entities had a soul they didn't seem to have any empathy or compassion they didn't seem to have any love in them wow you know, and there was nothing just nothing they were real short and stocky their their um skin was almost a purplish a dark color their eyes were black hmm. black and um and talking to ellie marzulli about it when i told him about it in our first interview, and <clears throat> later we're talking about it, it sounds like they're like the black eyed children. I was
0: just going to say that. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that there are iterations of this, so they've gone through working out the kinks of creating these modern day hybrids mm-hmm. and um, trying to make them so they would just look as human. As blend in with us yeah. yeah blend in how much DNA do you need how much of theirs how much of ours which entities do you use you know what kinds of uh, I have no idea but it looks to me like it's just this constant experimentation I think they're getting pretty close I think actually based on a lot of the um, things that I've heard from other people the reports there, of uh, the among us now. Um, well just of um, these entities that are clearly hybrid entities um like my friend al matthew who Al Matthews, who, if you want to talk to someone who's had an encounter with a hybrid entity, he's the person to talk to, and I have to put you in contact with him, but um, yeah, I think they're they're already walking among us, and I don't think we realize it because they're just so close to human.
0: you know it's interesting that you said that I had an interview a while back. somebody else had said that they're among us they're they're mimics, yeah. And they they've, they've been here for a while, and I can tell yes. you the Black Eyed Children. The first time I heard it, I I didn't expect it, and I was listening. I don't know. I listen to Jim Harold a lot. I love his shows. Oh yes, I've been on his show. He's
1: yeah. such a dog. I yes. love
0: Jim Harold. I finally got to interview yeah. him. It took me a while, but oh, I, I adore good. him. He, he's like yeah. the huge influence on me podcasting. But what's so funny is he had somebody on there and it was one of the first shows I heard. I was, I was listening. I was still professionally dancing at the time and it came on and I couldn't sleep all night. That petrified me. Mm.
1: I can imagine. Yeah, that is, it is no joke. I mean, the, if it's anything like what I experienced, they are, um, yeah, they're just, you can just feel this crazy evil come off of them and it's it's so hard to describe you know because we just we don't we don't have that do you think they're just people. angry i think there's something missing mm. i really do i think you know it takes you know we are complex amazingly beautiful and complex beings as humans Mm-hmm. And there's so much to us. And and a big part of that is our spirit, our soul. When I had my near-death experience, the thing that struck me, um, outside of the fact that it was the most beautiful and love, most love and peace I've ever felt in my life, mm-hmm. the thing that really struck me was that I was still me. Interesting. I was still me. My personality went with me. So I wasn't, you know, the the things that define me in the skin suit that I live in, but everything else was still there. I think, you know, and, and that compassion and love that we have, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is separate from this physical body. And I don't think they have all of those components. So if you're missing something like that, then it's not going to be the kind of reaction that a normal person would have. And I think they're missing that, the part that where the love and the compassion and all that, that lives in your heart and your spirit, your soul. I think they're missing that.
0: And, you know, I wonder if those beings themselves also are fascinated with us because we have that. Maybe it's something they lack and they want. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: That's a, that's a really good question because, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't obviously spend any time with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you um, wouldn't want so to. So, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder what they want from people, you know, what yeah. what they want with the people that have been visited by them, or if these people are being unknowingly visited by mm-hmm. children that they've parented through one of these hybrid breeding programs.
0: Now, do you think certain states have a higher experience or yeah that's a good question
1: I mean I, I've noticed that there are some um, some uh, websites and things or that I've seen on Facebook I can't remember where on Facebook maybe mm-hmm. have or maybe it was on something on TV I don't know because I've only recently been able to watch <laughs> some of these shows because it was just too hard but um, that there, just, there do seem to be areas that have more activity and And I do know that for me and and my experiences in sort of the Ohio Valley and the Northeast and then a lot of the other experiencers I've talked to were also in that region. So I do seem to talk to a high concentration of people in that area, Mm -hmm. sort of Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, and then everywhere kind of north and east of there. Right. in Michigan, Indiana, that kind of area. So I think that I think that there do seem to be areas that have a higher activity. Um, in those areas, there are a lot of, of um, ancient burial grounds. Yes, there is. Uh, there's the Serpent Mound in Peoples, Ohio. There's tons of mounds. And there and ancient structures and things there. And you also have Bright Patterson Field. So, oh, yeah, there seems, you know, yeah, and wherever there are military and, you know, on our coasts, that's where a lot of military is too. And they seem to hang out where that is as well. So, there seems to be some correlation there. Um, So, just from my personal experience, that's where I've noticed a high concentration.
0: Do you think the military works hand in hand with these beings? I think they do, I, but...
1: I do. I absolutely 100% do.
0: Yeah, because I've seen them.
1: I've seen people working with these entities. So yes,
0: 100%. You would think, I, I don't know, I'd be scared to death to work with anything like that.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I don't think these people know what they're getting into, all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get into a company... Probably private sector, not always the military, but probably military. And they're like, we want you to work on this really cool, super secret, uh, huh? top secret, high <laughs> level because You're so good at your job and you're so smart. And we're going to put you through all this clearance. You're feeling pretty good about it. I have to imagine you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling excited. You're going to get paid a lot of money. Right. You feel like you're being trusted. You have no idea what you're about to walk into until it's too late. Because once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it again. No. And I think uh-uh. that's what's happening to people. It really got that sense from the people that I saw in these facilities wow. that they were not there, you know, that they didn't know what they were getting into. And especially by the way that, you know, they were showing them don't talk about this. If they didn't have to threaten them not to speak you know, the only reason they would do that is because these people didn't realize what they were getting into and wanted out or wanted to say wow. something.
0: Well, yeah. Because
1: most of us can't watch that happen and not say something. But most, you know, I, I have a feeling they pick people who have families, mm-hmm. with children, who have siblings, who have people they care about. And, you know, because this is a field where you get a lot of deathbed confessions. And there's a reason for that, you know.
0: Yeah. Um I, you know, it's, it's not something I want anyone to talk about, including me. Well, and it, it's, it's really interesting because I have a friend in the military and I had asked that person before, or do they exist? And the only thing he said is dimensionally. And then he goes, no, they don't. And that's he all said he said. Dim- Dimension. he said dimensionally? Though? Yeah. I
1: was like, <laughs> okay. okay and that doesn't even make sense because what dimensionally what yeah what dimension because they're coming in and out of dimensions as yeah. well, and and we don't understand dimensions as humans we don't have a capacity to understand dimensions because we don't we only operate in this three dimensional world right. that we are in we don't operate in those dimensions so we so, can't
0: explain it either. yeah so i wonder if that was his way of saying yes but no i yeah, can't talk probably. about that exactly
1: like it sounds like it yeah it that's my exactly way of like-
0: saying oh well yeah but guess what <laughs> right. you're not getting yeah. anything out of me
1: mm-hmm. exactly oh and it seems like every day more and more is coming out i mean there you know there was another interview with on x with um uh with one of, another whistleblower and um you know david grush yeah um, an interview that's um, interesting yeah, there's constantly more and more coming out. Um, so much so that I haven't even had time to listen to that latest one. And you know, it's just it used to be maybe once we'd be lucky if something came out once a year, starting in like twenty two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Is when it kind of started to come out. So.
0: You know what I find really interesting about that? They did it at a time when there's chaos.
1: Oh yes, exactly. So yes.
0: they're gonna report it and then everybody's gonna laugh at it because everything else is so bad or chaotic. Right. And, and that's that why gets, it's coming out again. We're getting close to an election again.
1: Right. Where We've people are divided. Things. People are divided. We've got things going on in other parts of the world that people yeah. are more concerned about. We've got holidays going on. They had a big one that came out right before 9-11. There's yeah. a big one that came out right before 2020, um, right before COVID. And there's always something that so that it's not front page news. It gets pushed back the back page. Um, And you have to pay attention. And they keep, you know, we kind of make three steps forward, two steps back. We'll say we're going to get somewhere and then they shut down. No, we're not going to share any of that. But at least we're getting somewhere. Um, Do I think we'll ever get full disclosure? Probably not, because that would mean fully admitting to the government or these other agencies or other companies' role in people being taken and experimented on and, kidnapped and tortured and raped and I don't I don't think they're ever gonna admit to that.
0: And you know, some people go missing completely.
1: Yes. Yes, they do. And, you know, who knows what they're doing with those people. Um there have been bodies found mutilated like cattle. Mm-hmm. But you don't ever hear about that on the news. But that absolutely does happen. You know, the same as the cattle mutilations, drained of blood, missing organs, things right. like that. So you know, it's, it's something that it just always seems to manage to get pushed under the rug or pushed to the back page, swept, something yeah. else, yeah, swept aside and something more important comes up.
0: Now, before you have an encounter, do mm-hmm. you, do you feel like somebody's watching you? Do you feel like you're being absorbed before you go oh, to bed? Definitely.
1: Yes, definitely. I, my whole life, until just recently, could not look out a window at night. Could not do it. Could not do it because then it was being watched and mm-hmm. I felt them and I knew when they were out there and I couldn't look out the window. And it's not just, and I have talked to so many other abductees and experiencers who feel have had the exact same issue. Can't look out a window at night.
0: Yeah, not at all. I find it interesting too. Those are the nights that usually people say that they're the most exhausted,
1: Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. You'll be exhausted or there'll be a big storm or, you know, you'll, you there's this weird feeling in the air that yeah. I can't describe it, but it, everything feels different. Everything is different. And then it's like you're going into another dimensional or place or something.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting when they talk about it. And the other thing I find really interesting is the sighting of certain animals. It's usually Owl, yes. deer,
1: yes. wolves. I have a lot of deer and yeah. owl sightings. I sent you one of my owl pictures. Actually, yeah. when I found that, I found a bunch of my deer pictures as well. Who, yeah, just they only seem to show up for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, one morning I came out, you know, I like to sit out and have my coffee and outside and say my morning prayers and things. I just find that just, you know, really nice in the mornings here where we live because it's warm and and something massive flew away, and it was so big, and I couldn't see it. It was so fast. Its wings were huge. I mean, like, probably 12 feet across. And it was so fast, and it flew away so fast, and it had been sitting right beside my porch. And I've never shared that with anyone before. It was just the freakiest thing I have ever encountered. Well, not the freakiest, but one of the most strange Mm-hmm. Unexpected things I've ever encountered because I didn't, I didn't feel it there, which was very odd.
0: And owls, owls and are silent. Yes, like you can they're, super feel them.
1: Yeah, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Can't you? You know, it's watching you. Yeah, something about them. It's like their their gaze just pierces. It's and I would always hear them too. I could hear it no matter where I was. I mean, you know, places where you don't have owls, okay? You don't have owls on the 12th story of a building or, you know, in a hotel room or something like that. And I would hear the owl. And you're like, you missed your mark, guys. Yeah, you're yeah, right. <laughs> like, no, not tonight. Not tonight, please, No. Yeah. And now I know to just say nope. In Jesus name, yes, you can't you can't get me anymore. They they know that, and they're not happy about that. I'll definitely say that they're not happy that they can't get to me anymore.
0: And I find that interesting. Um, I've heard other people say, you know, they'll say prayer or with whatever religion they were. If it's a religion for mm-hmm. like the better good, and that tends mm-hmm. to tends to protect them, um, right. Are getting out of the paralysis itself tends to protect yes. them too, as well because definitely the little guys are small. Yeah, they're, frail. they're
1: They look like you could just break them in half, don't they? I mean, they're just they're little. And no, yeah, and I, you know, it's it's more than a religion um, or a you know churchy thing or anything like that. It's right. a hierarchy. There is a hierarchy, and they were created by another being, they were created by a higher power and they answer to that higher power. So when I call on the higher power that created them and they back off, yeah. And that higher power is someone that I am devoted to. And that I have said, you are my Lord and Savior. You are my creator. Then I get that protection and they, yeah, they back off because they know, well, she's committed to him, you know, to our creator and our creator is committed to her. So now we can't have her
0: anymore. That's interesting.
1: And it, it breaks those ties. It breaks those bonds. And then it's like having this big brother who, you know, and there's this dad basically who stands in front and says, nope, you're not, you can't get to her anymore. You know, and it, it's amazing and it's wonderful and it's freeing, you know, and it's not, it's not going to church every Sunday. It's understanding that.
0: Right. It's and, just understanding. Yeah,
1: creator, yeah. It's just understanding that hierarchy, and understanding that I don't have the power to do anything, but God does. My creator does.
0: Now, Karen, with with all that being said, do you still yep. have them try to visit you?
1: They've tried. They don't try as often anymore. You know, they kept trying after I realized how I could stop it, after I renewed my faith and my beliefs. Um, they kept trying and it got less and less and less. And the last time it was, um, an astral experience Uh-huh. and it was when my, the handler, my handler came back and wanted me to come back and offered me the world, offered me anything I wanted. Wow. And he, and I of course said no, but you know, he, it was a very comfortable environment I was used to him and used to being around him. So I wasn't freaking out or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, no, and he, he looked so different this time. And it was only about six, six or eight weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago. He looked so sickly. He looked, his color was just this weird matte green flat color. He looked sick. He looked weak. Mm hmm. And he kept saying that he needed me. And I'm like, I know. I just kept saying no. And then I said, in Jesus' name, no. And then it, you know, I was like, oh, wait, why am I just saying no? When, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can just call on Jesus and this can be over. And so I said, in Jesus' name, no. And then it was it was over. But um, he really looked sickly. So I don't know something's going on. I mean, it looked to me like he was dying. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if he's a reptilian, do you think they just mm -hmm. grow old like we do and pass?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, They never explained to me what their life cycle was. Um, I didn't think that that was the case because I never seemed to see them look like they aged or changed at all. But I don't think that that doesn't mean that something can't happen to them. Yeah. Or that something can't change where you know, their time is short or, you know, something else is going on. Maybe the veil is thinning. Maybe they know their time is short. Maybe there's something else going on with God that we don't know about because it's just not our pay grade. You know, we're just, right. we're, you know, we're here doing our thing. You know? So I would, I would love to know that, but I don't, I really don't know that. But it certainly seems like something is going on.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting because I've had some people tell me that the reptilians are underneath our planet. They're in our earth.
1: Yeah, I do believe that too. I believe almost all of them are. I mean, quite honestly, they use these um, ships, which the ships are kind of, the ones that I've been on felt like they were alive.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, They're like a living organism. Um, But for traveling, you know, then I'm traveling to different, I think, dimensions, going in and out of dimensions or wormholes and things like that. But Mostly, I mean, I was almost always taken underground. Yeah, interesting. And all different kinds were down there. There were the insectulin types, the grays, the, the Nordics. The um, the only four that I really remember well enough would be the insectiland and uh, the type that looked like a praying mantis. Oh yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. They were always far away from me, like back on the other. They were kind of like sitting back opposite side of where things were going on in a room observing all the time it seemed Mm -hmm. or watching over or maybe they were guards i don't know but they seemed important um and then the reptilian type uh, there were a lot of the um nordics especially when i was little oh the tall uh, the The tall and pretty yeah i didn't find them pretty they had their eyes were really big their hair was was so it was such a weird it almost picked up the color of whatever was around it like it Mm -hmm. was almost translucent um and I was terrified of my dad's side of the family because they had a similar look to them No, they weren't aliens I've had so many people ask me that no you didn't (sighs) ask me that but I'm just saying I get comments all the time do you think family was it? Like, no they weren't but they just looked similar <laughs> they were tall they were blonde they were skinny they had the real fair eyes mm-hmm. I would not when I was a little little like two three years old I remember screaming bloody murder every time one of that side of the family came near me I was terrified of them I wouldn't go to them so that tells you how early these abductions right, started, yeah. um because they looked like them and and they were not those they, they were not nice you know even as a little kid a tiny kid they weren't nice to me so not my family, but the Nordic. The Nordic. Alien and Yes, I should hear <laughs> about that. I have learned that sometimes I say something and people are like, oh, I'm sorry, your family wasn't nice to you. No, no that wasn't it. Um, <laughs> yes, but yeah, so those types and then, then obviously the, the taller grays that mm-hmm. I think are an actual species and then the shorter grays, which I think are like the meat suit type things. Ugh. But that's all that I I really remember seeing it. I think there were variations on all of those as well. Sure, they like probably experimented
0: on, on gen- yeah. their own genetics as well. Yeah,
1: that would be my guess. You know, because I, I there seem to be just variations on all of them, and and uh, so it, I have I I find that really interesting to know if they did that because they obviously didn't share that information with me, but. But I'd like to know them.
0: And they probably didn't share anything with you. Like, if you would no, ask them why.
1: <laughs> yeah. They just kept saying, You're special. We need you. You're special. You're uh-huh. important. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And like, Well, if this is special, I need to see what not special is. Although I have a feeling that's probably where a lot of the missing people that never show up again go into the not special category.
0: That's really so. interesting and kind of scary. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not the only person that's been an experiencer or an abductee that has said they've seen humans being killed or being discarded.
1: Mm. I saw, I didn't actually see someone being killed in front of me, but I did see pieces.
0: Yeah. You're not the only one. Everybody yeah. has talked about that. So that, that's kind of like very chilling.
1: Yeah, there's like a place that he would go, my handler, and I would wait and he would go in and they would give me a screen memory so it looked like a beach and I mm-hmm. would sit there and I would put my hand down uh, inevitably, and this happened so many times, and, oh, is that a shell? And I would pull out of the screen memory and it wasn't a shell, it was a bone.
0: Ew.
1: And it wasn't a beach, it was blood.
0: They did sound very and sanitary. No, no. Mm-mm. I mean, it didn't,
1: it didn't, it wasn't like rotting flesh or anything there. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it was, was very clean. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, fresh. <laughs> what, yeah, well, it seemed like it was, it was, it was done very methodically and very sterile.
0: Uh huh.
1: Yeah. So everything seemed very, yeah, it wasn't like dead bodies or anything laying around. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't, I don't write about it and I don't I don't allow myself to think about it too much because I don't want to remember any sure. more of it than I do. And I'm afraid if I think about it, the rest of the memory is going to come back and I'd really prefer it
0: not to. Oh, exactly. I don't blame you.
1: And I feel that way about a lot of them. So people ask me, well, you know, do you remember everything? As I've, I've had these memories my whole life. They're not, not something new, but I do have memories that that come back to me that I that will you know that I know are there that I just haven't been able to fully remember and I don't want to fully remember right I'd rather just leave them because it's it's hard it's too hard and I don't want to remember
0: those bad things well it's traumatizing
1: yeah I don't want to remember the trauma I'd rather live in the good and you know be in a good place now and be able to utilize this to help other people and just let them know they're not alone. You know, and it's okay if you want to talk about it, you know, that there are ways to find people you can talk to about this and you can share with, you know, and, and know that there's comfort in knowing that we're not alone. and We're not crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people out there that are telling people that they are, these are just psychotic, uh, your psychosis and Mm -hmm. that it's not real and, and these aren't real memories and these things really didn't happen. And that's terrible. It's victim shaming. It's victim shaming. I mean, you can't, you know, and this person and these people that I've seen saying these things to other people, and I've had people email me saying, telling me who's some people who said this. They're not qualified to even make that decision or that, you know, if it's a if it's some kind of a diagnosis or what have you,
0: you know, and that's just sad. And this has been happening for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah.
1: And especially in the last 100 years or so, yeah. especially since probably going back into like the uh, 20s and 30s and 40s when they first started getting more widely reported because we had better systems of sharing information. Yes. That's when they realized we have to make people sound like they're crazy. If they talk about this, otherwise people are going to start sharing this information. And mm-hmm. I think that's when the stigma really started. And it was a, it was a beautifully thought out plan on their part, because it means that anyone who talks about this, the scene is seen as crazy. Oh, and yeah. so yeah. going to talk about it. And you know, that, you know, the psychology behind it works. Um, of course it would. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But, but I want to try to be a part of the change in that and be a part of the, you know, somebody who says it's okay to talk about this. It's okay that this happened to you. And I believe you and I hear you and what happened to you sucks and it's terrible and it shouldn't happen to anyone. And, you know, and I think it's, it's important for people to know that 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 you believe them,
0: yeah, I think so too does um gosh what are what are your future plans with some of us <laughs> right um right now, you know the book's only
1: just come out it came out in October of this yeah. year. So we're just getting started with that. Um, And I really want to, you know, we'll we'll be doing some conferences and things next year where I'll be able to meet more people and talk to more people. And I did the first one in October, and that was amazing Um, in Oklahoma and got to just, you know, meet and talk to so many amazing people and share a lot of stories and listen to a lot of people tell me their experiences. And so I'm looking forward to continuing to do that. I have a place on my website where people can message me and, um, and I do get back to people. It just takes me a while sometimes depending on how many messages I get. And, you know, sometimes I get, I get a little bogged down with them. So I do tell people, if you reach out, please be patient. (laughs) I do want to get back to everybody um, just, just to be a friend, you know, just to say, Hey, you know, thanks for sharing. And I believe you and I hear you and, you know, sorry you had to go through that or whatever, because, and um so, you know, right now we're just going to keep trying to share this book, trying to get this word out, get this message out, because this is a different message to what most of these other books are. Yeah, This message is very different. And it's one that is kind of coming up against a lot of the conventional Benevolent Space Brother books that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because... <laughs> I'm not agreeing with a lot of the mainstream, um, but that's okay. Um, I'm agree- agreeing with a lot of the abductees, and that's what's important mm-hmm. because this I feel like I'm trying to be a voice for, for a lot of us. So that's, that's what's next. And I'm just going to continue talking to people. And I think at some point I want to be able to share some of the stories that I've um, learned from other people and how mm-hmm. it's affected our lives because it's not just me, it's about so many other people. So I want to find a way to share more of everyone else's stories in ways that will help other people. Great. So that's kind of my goal. And that's kind of what I see possibly happening next.
0: And I think something like that is so important, yes, especially as more and more comes out. Yes. Thank you.
1: Yes, I do too. I think it is too. But yeah, this is this has been wonderful. I really You're appreciate you taking the time to listen. Yes, to all
0: this I loved it. To- <laughs> I, I hope you too. come I back on do- at some point.
1: Oh, I would love to. Yes, once we get the book to you, then um, let me know. That happens often. People get the book and then then we'll get back together and talk again after they read the book because it usually brings up more questions and. And thoughts after someone leaves yeah. it. So, um, but if anyone, anyone would like to get the book, it is available exclusively at net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Um, you can find it a link to that on my website as well, which is just my name, K-A-R-I-N, Karen Wilkinson, W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N, author.com. Um, You can find me on Facebook, Mm -hmm. just my name, Karen Wilkinson. It's Karen with an I. Um, You'll know it's me because it has the book in the background, the blue book cover. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at Karen Wilkinson author. Um, So and all of those give you links to the website and to L.A. Marzulli's website, which is also where you can find Vicki Joy Anderson's book and any one of L.A.'s amazing books. I think he's got like um 17 books and 27 movies or some crazy incredible number he's got, a, he's got an incredible body of work and if you have a question about something or an interest in something he's probably got a movie or book about it in the supernatural realm so uh, he's got some great stuff so um but you can find everything there and like i said if anyone wants to reach out to me they can reach out through my website
0: and just send me a message that way uh it's been so wonderful talking to you karen
1: Oh, it's been wonderful talking to you too, Dee. I feel like we're old friends. I know know that we're new friends and we're going to continue to be friends. And I am just so grateful for that. So yes thank you so much you're
0: welcome you have a great evening and thank your husband for allowing me to take an hour of your time
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for giving me an hour of your time i appreciate it so much and i will look forward to talking to you soon you take care and have a blessed night
0: you too okay bye-bye